Well, I get the joy of uh, bringing a family update, another fun family update for us this week. I gave a good one last week about some new deacon candidates for our church family, and I'm excited today uh, to announce an elder candidate to be set before the congregation as well. And this is how I want to ask you to think about and listen to what I'm about to do. Uh, Because what I want you to understand is that what I'm about to do with announcing an elder candidate, this is very different from what I did about 50 plus minutes ago when I was up here as a service host. This isn't just like another announcement. What I'm going to be doing as I unpack the biblical teaching of what an elder is and what a church is supposed to do in light of that, this is really critical information and biblical truth for us as a church. So this is not one thing to go in one ear and out the other. This is important for you as a part of our church family to lean in right now. So let me frame it this way. Uh, If you love Jesus and if you want Jesus to be represented well, if you care about people being shepherded and cared for and protected well, if you care about center church at all, I need you to know what I'm about to unpack is massively important because ultimately the structure of a church and the degree to which it conforms to the teaching of scripture and the character of the leaders of a church is massively important for setting the trajectory of a church long term. And so before I get to announcing the name of the individual who's being set forth as an elder candidate, I just want to step back a little bit. I just want to examine this idea of When the Bible talks about an elder, what is it talking about? What is an elder and what does an elder do? And secondarily, how is the authority structure of Center Church built in light of those facts? Well, before I get to Center Church, let's start with the Bible. As always, a much better place to start. So when you look at the New Testament, when you look at the early church, here's one thing that you consistently see. You see Jesus resurrected from the tomb, entrusting authority and responsibility to the apostles as the early church is starting. And one constant point throughout the New Testament as you read it is a plurality of leadership in the early church. Because across the board, in every scriptural account of the early church functioning and operating, what you see is a plurality of leaders. You do not see one senior leader acting as a president, CEO, chair of the board, all wrapped up in one, the decisive leader of all. You see, from Jesus, the church being structured with a plurality of leadership, And you see leaders entrusted with responsibility and authority as a team, not as one decisive leader. And this is especially important for us as Americans to remember that fact. Because in our celebrity-obsessed culture, where we tend to value giftings above character, we are especially prone to folly in this regard in the ways we set up the authority structure of churches— And much, sadly, much of the tragedies that you see in the American church is due to foolish construction of the authority structure of local churches. And too many churches, just to put it bluntly, they have structured their churches more like a, and I'm not saying this disparagingly of this example, but more like a Fortune 500 business than like the New Testament pattern of the local church. And we have too often chosen efficiency over godly structure, and sadly, 
That is much of the problems that we see in our nation right now. And the simple fact of the matter is a church is better protected, better led, and better cared for long-term when authority, accountability, and responsibility is spread out beyond the lead pastor. And so we have a plurality of leadership for the governing structure of Center Church as a result of the biblical teaching. So that, that's some of the structure. Plurality of leaders, not just one decisive leader, but secondly, what does an elder actually do? Right? What, what is the job of an elder? What are they supposed to do? Well, to sum it up, the simple image that you see throughout the New Testament is essentially a shepherd leading a flock of sheep. That's the image oftentimes used. In the letter of 1 Peter, we see a description of the activities of an elder as follows. It says this, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Here it is. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And so Peter uses this image of a shepherd leading a flock of sheep, providing for them, protecting them, directing them, caring for them, and all of that being done as examples to the flock. And the reminder there is that the elders of a church are not just backroom decision makers. The elders of a church are to be among the flock, like a shepherd is among a flock of sheep, caring for them, loving them, being examples to them, weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. It's not just senior level decisions. It is with people in the nitty gritty details of life. And so to sum it up, to take all the biblical teaching of what an elder does, here it is up on the screen. You'll see a slide. What does an elder do? Three basic ideas that direct our team here. Doctrine, direction, and discipline. Uh, the team of elders are to watch over the doctrinal purity and diet of the church, ensuring that we are submitted to the Word of God, operating under faithful obedience to the theological truths of the Word of God. Doctrine. Secondly, Direction. They are leading the budget decisions and the staffing decisions and the big picture direction of the church. What are we going to do? How do we address that need? Doctrine, direction, and thirdly, discipline. So the ideas of exhorting and rebuking and encouraging and building up and, and leading people to Christ-like godliness, but it's not just in terms of um, addressing disobedience. Don't just think discipline like a parent disciplining a disobedient child. That's part of it, but that's not all. Think also like a strength coach disciplining an individual at the gym to get healthier and become all that they can be. Discipline to grow and mature as well. And so in order to do that, the, the elders are to be among the flock being examples as well. And so with that, one thing I want to just stress and clarify here. Uh, some of you are newer to the church, and maybe you came from a church that had elders, but it just didn't seem to operate like that. And many churches have elders, but the authority structure isn't set up the same as what we have here at Center Church. And so this is whenever I talk about it, I want to stress this because it matters, and I want you to know the authority structure of Center Church 
We don't just have elders. You need to recognize that the governing authority of Center Church rests with the elder board, not just the staff or me as the lead pastor. And so what that means for me as the lead pastor is that the elder board does not act as a board of advisors to me. The elder board, they do not give me advice that I consider. They give me direction that I follow. And that is the healthy biblical pattern of a plurality of leaders, not one senior leader making all of the massive decisions. And I count it one of the greatest privileges of my life for me to serve under the authority of the elders of this church. And I need just to brag on our elders for a moment. Uh, They'll be mad at me probably that I do this and draw attention to them. But I need you to know how well they care for this church in all of the -the behind-the-scenes ways. I I am blessed because I have a front-row seat to all of it. But I need you to know that what they are doing is so faithful to the Word of God and as they care for this church. And so the elders are the ones, biblically, who are to have the authority to direct the church, but also want to look at the qualifications of an elder. Quickly, up on the screen, you'll see 1 Timothy 3. And in the New Testament, elder and overseer are used interchangeably. These are the qualifications of an elder. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And here's the basic idea. Here it is. Character matters. And the character of the elders and the leaders of the church sets a certain type of trajectory, which is why we have such a thorough, and to be blunt, slow discernment and evaluation process for an elder candidate. And as I'm announcing an elder candidate for us today, this is what I want you to understand, that an elder candidate process, as I'm announcing him today, this does not mean he's officially installed as an elder today. We have a six-month process from the announcement until an elder candidate is officially installed as a voting member of the elder board because we want to be extremely thorough in the evaluation and discernment process of any candidate who might be coming onto the elder board. So with all of that being said, uh, I have the joy now of setting before you uh, the elder candidate who is being set before the congregation. Uh, Up on the screen, you're going to see a picture of Matthew Gudeman and his wonderful wife, Tracy Gudeman. And they're actually in this room right now, and they're going to probably be annoyed with me, but let's honor and thank them. Uh, They're over here. (laughs) 
And our elder board is thrilled to set before the congregation Matthew Gudeman as an elder candidate. So once again, he's not officially installed yet. There is a six-month process, and the elders have been meeting with him individually and as a team since the beginning of the year, talking through this process in depth to discern if God might be leading us to this next step. But the elders want to invite the congregation's involvement at this point. Uh, we invite you to reach out to the elder board with any questions or concerns or thoughts that you want to just touch base with us on, um, because in this six-month period, we're continuing to speak with Matthew about the potential of him stepping forward onto the team officially, but we invite the congregation to step forth with any questions that you have for us. Now, up on the screen, you're going to see um, a couple email addresses. Our lay elders, they get that elders at centerchurch.live, if we can put that email address up on the screen. Uh, you can email the elders at centerchurch.live, or you can also email me, mark at centerchurch.live as well, with any questions or concerns that you have. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, that God would continue to guide us in this process, and I ask you to join me in prayer for this as well. God, you have blessed us in too many ways to list, but God, thank you for the godly men that you have given to this church who fulfill the biblical qualifications. And I ask for you to always bless us with elders who clearly remind people of Jesus Christ. May we always and only have elders like that. We pray for your blessing on this discernment process with Matthew Gudeman. May you guide and lead and direct us, and may you bless this church going forward in the months to come and years to come with those shepherds who will care for the flock well. We commit this all into your hands, and in your name we pray. Amen.